Welcome to the Talk Angry Podcast, your destination for Shocker basketball. Join us every episode from the Forge Audio Production Studio as we dive into game recaps, analysis, and interviews throughout the 2019-20 basketball season. And now, here are your hosts, Dustin Kuhn and Taylor Eldridge. Welcome to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. On today's show, we will recap the wins over VCU and Abilene Christian. We'll also get you ready for two home games this week, the conference opener against East Carolina and the non-conference finale against Old Miss. A top 25 level show coming up right after this. The Talk Angry Podcast is brought to you by Forge Audio Productions. For all your audio and music production needs, Forge Audio is ready to deliver the highest quality production that serves the artist. To receive a free consultation or quote from Brian, visit www.forgeaudioprod.com. That's www.forgeaudioprod.com. Or follow the studio on Facebook or Instagram. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. Good to be with you after the Christmas break. Let's talk about these past two shocker wins. What seems like uh, was a long time ago, that big win over VCU, 73-63. Of course, that morning we find out the news about Dexter Dennis taking a leave of absence. We'll talk a little bit about that here in just a second. But first, focusing on this game, I think you really got to commend the rest of the guys on the team to have some news like that that kind of breaks on you the morning of. And boy, they, they came out to a strong run in this game and really never look back absolutely that's uh that was kind of the concern going into that game when the, the Dexter Dennis news broke and obviously they the players found out late the night before but um you just you wondered you know is that going to cause for a slow start or their minds going to be elsewhere but you know they they channeled those emotions into one of the best starts Wichita State has had uh, you know, you, you put the Baylor game up there that first half. It was on that level. You know, VCU is a really, really good team. And uh, for the Shockers to come out and score like they did uh, in the first, you know, eight minutes, that was just electric. And one of the, like I said, you know, that's probably the best start they've had in a really long time. We were really worried about how these young Shocker guards were going to stand up against the pressure of VCU. The Shockers have 16 turnovers, but they forced VCU into 18 turnovers. They also hold them to 37% from the field, 21% from three, and for the first time all season, we finally saw Cocorina rocking. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, when you go up 18-6 to six before the first media timeout, I mean, you're doing some serious damage, and, uh, you know, that was the first kind of marquee game at Cocorina, and uh, a lot was made about, you know, the, the, the lack of, I guess, atmosphere at Cocorina. It was still good, but, you know, the VCU game really brought out the best in Wichita State fans, and uh, like you said, I mean, it was rocking for the first time, and uh, since, uh, we, we've seen a really high level at Cocorina. Echenique and Sherfield led the way with 14 points each. They were plus five in rebounds over the Rams, but they had 16 offensive rebounds. That really helped them get out to that big lead and also keep that lead. Another big point was plus 13 in bench production. You had an article on how the Shocker bench has really been outpacing all of their opponents all season. Yeah, I mean, ever since uh, they moved Grant Sherfield to the the bench, he's been playing really, really well. And 
uh, he's one of those players where it's like he kind of you know analyzes the game in the first half. He he takes note of how the defense are playing certain things, and then after halftime, you know he he makes those adjustments. He he remembers all the stuff that the defense was doing, and then he goes into attack mode. Uh, we've seen it a lot uh, since he he's been moved to the bench, where where he just takes off the second half, and you know he he's just the best player on the floor. I mean he was that against VCU, and he was that a, a week later. So um, yeah, that's that's been a big. Uh, a big thing for the the Shockers that be able to bring a caliber, you know, that's a four-star top 100 kind of kid uh, to be able to bring that off the bench. That's a huge, uh, huge benefit. He had a double-double in the win on Sunday over Abilene Christian. He has 15 points and 11 rebounds. Final score of that game, 84 to 66. Three other Shockers in addition to Sherfield were in double digits. This was a game that was maybe a little sloppy early, a little closer than people expected, but the Shockers did go on a big run there at the end of the first half and certainly took care of business in the second half as well. Yeah, it wasn't the crisp performance that, that Marshall wanted to see after an eight-day layoff. You know, 20 fouls, 16 turnovers, a lot of really, really sloppy passes with the ball from the guards. And uh, Marshall told me after the game that, you know, if he had another guard available, he would have he would have benched all of them. So um, it was just one of those games where, you know, they, just, they didn't come out. You know, I, I don't know if they took Abilene Christian as seriously as Marshall did, and he said so after the fact. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was probably, you know, a C, C-plus kind of game, but uh, they did enough, and I thought the bright bright spot from that game was probably freshman uh, DeAnthony Gordon. Uh, you know, season-high 21 minutes, uh, career-high 7 rebounds, 4 on the offensive glass. So um, if you're looking for a bright spot coming away from that game, hey, maybe, you know, WSU develops a little depth going into conference play. And with the absence of Dexter Dennis, you can see Gordon maybe playing that Rashard Kelly-type role where getting in there, getting a lot of rebounds, and being active on the glass, that's going to be the best way to minutes for him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with Dennis gone, you know, he was playing a lot of minutes as the backup uh, four for WSU. So um, he that minutes are for up for grabs for sure, and especially with, you know, Isaiah Porbear Chandler under the weather for that game. Uh, Trey Wade picks up early foul trouble. So, uh, yeah, Gordon got his shot, and, uh, you know, I talked to a bunch of his teammates, and they said, you know, that he's he's been like that. That's what Tyson Etienne said, and, uh, you know, it wasn't a surprise to them, uh, maybe a little surprise to fans because he hadn't played in, in basically three games. So, um, But, yeah, Gordon, uh, the road to more minutes, you know, just chase offensive rebounds like crazy and be a defensive menace, and that's what he was on Sunday. Shockers were plus 11 in rebounds. They did shoot over 50% from the field. They were also plus 26 in bench production. We talked about the amount of turnovers. I will say they were plus nine in points off of those turnovers. So the turnovers they did generate usually went to opportunities down on the offensive end. You had uh, some good stats that came out here about just this Shocker team this decade as they wrap up 2010 here through 2019. 280 and 75 this decade. Uh, They've won 11 straight at home, held 10 of opponents or 10 of 12 opponents under 40% shooting from the field. So as the calendar looks forward to switch over, we'll talk about, you know, the games upcoming this week here in just a second. But you have to say that the decade and, and you know, it's been a, a great decade, but it's also ending on a real positive note. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the best decade in, in Shocker basketball history and um, a lot of, you know, really, really good moments. You know, someone asked Greg uh, Marshall after the game uh, what his favorite moments was, and he had to go basically year by year because there were just so many. So, um, but yeah, the point that he made at the end of it, you know, 35-0 start, you know, Final Four, uh, NIT Championships, 
And even last year, he really enjoyed watching that team progress. But, you know, he's so excited about the future of this program. And he had a really good quote after the game where he said, we don't have to wait uh, for next year or the year after just because we have 10 underclassmen. Like, uh, the time to be good doesn't have to be in the future. Like, we can be great now. And, uh, you know, that's the the Shockers are maybe a year ahead of, of schedule from a lot of outside expectations you know, people thought that, you know, they, they knew they were going to be better this year, but they thought it was going to be kind of building for next year and the year after. But, you know, the Shockers are really, really good right now. So that, that's uh, the kind of the, the, the theme going into 2020 is that let's not wait. Let's, let's go chase this right now and let's make something special happen. You talk about the Shockers being good right now. They're finally starting to get some of that recognition nationally. They did break into the AP Top 25 this week at number 24. They're up to number 23 in this week's coaches poll. Ken Palm ranked number 31. Their net ranking, which is the new RPI, up to 10. So it continues to look very positive for that NCAA tournament resume. Can we also just talk about the job Greg Marshall's doing, molding all these pieces together? You know, C.J. Moore from The Athletic had an article recently where he said, you know, if you were to talk to Coach Marshall, you know, nine months ago, heading into this season, Teddy Allen, Dexter Dennis, those were going to be, that was going to be a lot of the offensive production that you saw out of this team. Both of those players, at least at the current time, you know, Teddy's moved on and and Dexter taking the leave of absence. So maybe just talk in general about how all these pieces are fitting together and a little bit uh, just just if you've heard anything on the Dennis situation. Yeah, Marshall is, uh, is this is probably one of his better coaching coaching jobs, and you know I've I feel like I've said that two years in a row now. You know the way that the, he was able to get last year's team turned around, I think that's going to go down as one of the more underrated jobs that he's done, just because of uh, you know the final record. But you know that team <laughs> that team was so bad it was struggling so much uh, to, to score the ball uh, in January and for them to, to close out the season they did that was uh, pretty incredible and you know this year um, you know a lot of people would have taken you know 10 and 3 coming uh, coming out of the non-conference and felt pretty good about it and you know they're, they're shaping up to, to to finish that out 12 and 1 and uh, look really really good so uh, yeah Marshall is definitely like I said I mean this is basically a year ahead of schedule I don't think people expected them to, to contend for a conference title this early, but you know they're definitely in the mix with with Memphis and, and Houston. That's kind of the clear top three going into conference play. And and like you said, you know who would have thought that they would be able to do all of this without Dexter Dennis? You know that was expected, and he was expected to to be the guy. You know the guy that that takes that leap, uh, shows some N- NBA flash, and he you know. He looked really, really good those first two games and then just uh, fell into that slump and now, you know, isn't with the team. And, um, you know, I haven't heard anything new uh, from from what Marshall said that, you know, the coaching staff's kind of keeping their distance. They're giving him space, uh, time to, you know, get his mind right. You know, I've had a lot of people ask me, is it is it because of, you know, lack of minutes or lack of production? And I don't think it has, you know, maybe a little bit to do with just, you know, he's not playing very well, but, you know, this is bigger than basketball. This isn't anything that's on the court. I don't think it's anything to do with Wichita State. You know, if you follow Dexter on social media, he's still posting a ton of Wichita State stuff, you know, pictures of him in, in a Shocker uniform. So I don't get the gist that he's thinking about transferring. I, I still think he's very much on this team. Uh, the players, you know, reference him uh, two straight games now that they're, they're thinking about him. And um, so, yeah, I think that, that he's just, you know, taking time away to kind of try to get his mind right. And I know that Marshall kind of hinted that he, he wanted him back right after Christmas break. But uh, talking to other people on the team, I didn't get that, that gist. So that's what, you know, the expectation was. 
Um, you know, from what I've been told, maybe about like when when classes start up again in the middle of January, I think January 20, uh, what was it, 21st, yeah, that's when uh, spring classes start again. So maybe right around then they go at South Florida on the 21st. So maybe that's the target date. Um, but, you know, that remains to be seen. I think it's just a situation where, you know, a, a young guy is going through a lot of stuff off the court. He's had a rough life growing up. He's lost, you know, a lot of friends. And, um, yeah, he's just trying to get his mind right, and hopefully he can uh, can do that and come back and, and help this team. You mentioned the Shockers wrap up the non-conference schedule this Saturday with Old Miss. We'll talk about that in the second part of the show. And certainly not a gimme, but let's just say they go ahead and win that, and they're 12-1. and Latest ESPN Bracketology has them as a sixth seed in the South region. With that 12-1, and what is the highest seed that you think Wichita State can get to with the expectations, you know, not everything's going to go perfect in conference play, but they will be in that upper tier of the AAC? Yeah, they've they've definitely set themselves up. You know, if they just finish top four in the conference, I think they're in. Um, so I think the Ameri- the top of the American is good. The middle of the American is good. The bottom is improved, uh, maybe outside of East Carolina. But um, so I think, uh, you know, the, the strength of the conference is really going to help them. And, you know, they can probably take, you know, five, six, seven losses maybe um, and still get in just because of the work they've done in the, in the non-conference. And obviously they're going to have to root for, um, you know, OU, VCU, Oklahoma State, teams like that to, to finish well. Um, but yeah, I think if, you know, they finish, you know, they, they play well, you know, you look at the, the conference, you probably, you know, pencil in, you know, anywhere between four and six losses would probably be the optimistic view. So I think if they, if they're on that, that upper end, they only lose, you know, four and they're, they're either first or second in the conference. Um, I think they could look at, you know, as high as a, as a three or a four, you know, if they, they beat Memphis and uh, you know that's going to be the key one if they can steal a road win against one of those top te- top teams that's going to be huge to pick up a Q1 opportunity so I think you know three four seed is probably the ceiling more likely um, you know between six and eight and then you know if they if things go a little uh, below expectations I still think they get in you know like seven eight nine ten somewhere like that just because they, they had such a strong non-conference. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get you ready for the games this week against East Carolina and Ole Miss. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. We'll move into our preview segment starting with Wednesday's game against East Carolina. The Pirates will come in 6-7 and seven on the year. They were picked to finish 11th in the AAC preseason poll, and they've been very streaky. They have four straight wins after four straight losses. They have beat Evansville. That's probably their best win this year, 85-68, to and they are 0-3 on the road. Head coach Joe Dooley's in his second season. Taylor, this is a team that uh, you already kind of referenced is uh, still kind of getting their footing under uh, Joe Dooley, figuring out where they're going to kind of land here in the AAC, and so more than likely uh, just a game Wichita State needs to take care of business on. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's another game kind of similar to Abilene Christian where you just have to take care of business and, you know, the town alone should should be able to get it done if they just bring like a CC plus game. Obviously, Marshall's going to want better than that uh, being the first conference game. But, you know, East Carolina, they might be frisky a little bit in conference. They are getting healthy. They uh, had some of the guards banged up in non-conference. So uh, those guys are back. Uh, of course, Jaden Gardner is uh, is a total beast. Um, 
keep you know put up even better numbers this non he's averaging 20.7 points per game right now yeah leading the conference in scoring i believe and uh but he did this last year and he he kind of once conference play uh, began he those numbers definitely tailed off especially the second half of the year and um you know dexter dennis he was kind of the Jaden gardner stopper from last season he was the one that was put on gardner uh, in both games last year and really shut him down did well so it'll be interesting to see you know wsu has a ton of big bodies they can throw at them um, East Carolina does have more size than it did last year. They played Gardner, who's only like 6'6", 6'7", at center a lot, and uh, so he was kind of undersized. But now they, they've brought in a couple seven-footers and uh, to play him more at power forward. So maybe Trey Wade gets that matchup. Maybe WSU keeps the uh, their center on on uh, Gardner to just make him score over length. But I don't think it should. I think WSU matches up very well with that. And like you said, I mean, this is a game where you just have to take care of business. You know, this is the worst team in the conference uh, at home. But, you know, you remember last year, uh, this was the same scenario for Cincinnati, who ended up, you know, contending for a league title, and they lost that game. So that that's basically uh, prevented them from winning a conference title. So you don't want to see that uh, scenario unfold at Coke Arena on Wednesday. It's a 2 p.m. tip. Game will be broadcast on ESPNU. The Pirates are currently Ken Palm ranked number 258. Moving on to Saturday, the Old Miss Running Rebels come to town, 9-3 and three on the year. That's a 3 p.m. tip that will also be broadcast on ESPNU. Head coach Kermit Davis is in his second season, and the Rebels will pick to finish eighth in the SEC preseason poll. You'll remember, folks, that this is a part of the AAC-SEC Challenge and that the Shockers will go to Old Miss next season. When you take a look at this team, they uh, have few uh, common opponents or at least uh, games we can kind of compare in, in how the Shockers have done and how Old Miss has done. But it, at Coke Arena with the last non-con game of the year, it's another one that you hope they can take care of business. Yeah, Memphis or uh, Ole Miss is kind of a tricky team to try to figure out. Um, you know, they've all their wins except one have come against pretty overmatched competition. Uh, the win over Penn State on a neutral floor that one does look really, really good. Uh, but the other three games they've played against good competition, they've lost. Uh, they did take Memphis down to the last possession at home. Uh, they they got brutally murdered by Oklahoma brutal. State. Brutal, <laughs> yeah. That was uh, that was an eyebrow raiser. Seventy eight to sure. thirty seven. Yeah, forty one point loss where you only score thirty seven. So, um, yeah, that that one's kind of that's that's what I'm talking about. I don't know really how to peg this Ole Miss team. They haven't played anybody since those losses. So, um, it's going to be you know uh, you know they haven't gone on the road except once at Memphis. So that was uh, almost two months ago. So I think. Going on the road, playing at Coke Arena, that's going to be you know a pretty big shock for them. And you know if WSU can feed off that crowd energy, I'm expecting another good crowd this weekend for that game. Um, you know the Shockers, uh, much like they did against VCU, you know ride that momentum early on, build a lead, and then just kind of hang on to it. But yeah, you know that's a game where WSU is going to be favored. Uh, you know playing at home, uh, that's a game you should win. And uh, man, yeah, to to finish off that non-con 12 and one. That would be quite the accomplishment. You know, I think any Shocker fan would have taken that before the season. The Rebels score 72.7 points per game. They allow 65.2. They shoot at 45.9% from the field, 34.3% from three. And their leading scorer is 6'2 senior guard Brian Tyree. He's averaging 17.1 points per game. I'll tell you one thing. This is my coaching debut. I'm going to be coach for a day on Saturday. We're not walking out of Cocorita with an L. I'm getting these boys <laughs> fired up, and we're going to be ready to go. We're going to take down the Rebels. So, yeah, what's uh, what's kind of the coaching? Uh, what's your strategy going into the game? 
<laughs> shut up and let Coach Marshall do what he wants and uh, just kind of sit there and, and you know, be on the, of the legend right there in front of you. Are you going to ask him to call a timeout? <laughs> well, I'll tap him on the shoulder <laughs> a few times. Might have a few recommendations, maybe at half. But, no, I'm, I'm just going to shut up and uh, smile. But uh, let's make some predictions starting with East Carolina. Should be a game the Shockers win pretty handedly, but go ahead and give us a prediction. Yeah, I think uh, after, uh, I'm guessing the film study after that Abilene Christian game is going to be a rough one, and I think uh, Marshall's going to have these guys fired up after a not-so-crisp performance, so I think the Shockers look good, and uh, take an easy one, I'm going to go 91-60. to 60. Woo! I yeah, think they're getting hot there on the first day of 2020. I'll say 75-57. I think uh, about a 17-18 point win is uh, right where they want to be. Producer Brian, you want to make a prediction? I think it's going to be on the high end of the scoring. I think we're looking at 85-62. Okay. Saturday, Ole Miss running Rebels come to town. Who you got, Taylor? I think, you know, WSU continues the hot trend. Uh, this is the the big one. If, if we're going to get that highly anticipated ranked matchup with Memphis the next week, uh, both teams have to hold serve this week, and I think the Shockers do. So I will take uh, Wichita State. I'll go 72 to, to 62. Memphis, I believe, is ranked number nine in this week's AP poll. So it'd be 924. Hopefully that game starts to get it a little bit more press. I know it's still a little over a week away, but uh, you know, they haven't really heard too much of anyone talking about it thus far. As far as the game on Saturday, I will take the Shockers 74-68. Thinks it's a little bit of a closer game, but they pull away late. Producer Brian. I think I'm going to go Shockers 78-64. I think it'll be uh, not not s- without stress, but I think it'll, uh, they'll take care of business. Speaking of taking care of business, it is buy or sell time. Right back to you. All right, so we've talked a little bit about Dexter Dennis' leave of absence, so we're going to get straight to it. Buy or sell, Dexter Dennis is back with the team before the Memphis game, or for the Memphis game. Not necessarily that he will play, but he will be back with the team by then. That's a tough one. I think that I will sell that. I think he shows up closer to the start of the semester, as I mentioned before, the 21st. So they're on the road uh, the following week. So I think he'll be back with the team uh, for Houston. And then he... um, yeah, I think I'll sell it, but I, do, I, I will buy that he comes back uh, before the semester begins. I'm going to buy it for the sole purpose of it's been, you know, a week already. We still got about 10 days. So, I mean, there, there is about a two and a half, three week gap in there. And I think particularly if both teams, you know, Wichita State wins this week, stays in the top 25, the, the magnitude of the game, just having him there, even on the bench would be a, a big deal for the team. I'm just waiting for that moment, you know, going to halftime, Wichita State's down five and Dexter Dennis walks into the locker room <laughs> in his uniform and drops 20 in the second half. So Yeah, that moment, if he if he comes back and, and plays again, that would be that's going to be a pretty incredible moment when he checks back in for the first time at Coke Arena. It might actually be harder to, like, get past the nerves of that moment than just a normal slump that you're going through in some ways. All right, so we talked some about the 2010s being the greatest decade of Shocker basketball. We mentioned it in the in the first segment. So there was a lot of memorable moments, but are you going to buy or sell that the 2020s will be just as memorable as the 2010s? 
I'm going to sell that. I think uh, Coach Marshall, particularly with the underclassmen they have right now, they absolutely have the ability to go to another Final Four, another Elite Eight, you know, type opportunity. But, you know, that that three-year run there where you had the Final Four, you had the undefeated season, you had taken down KU in the NCAA tournament, you know, I I might put that on my headstone. Uh, That was a good three years. I'll sell that as well. I mean, that's just such a high bar to reach. You know, I don't know. I mean, Final Fours are so hard to get back to. So that alone, and then, you know, you throw the 35-0 and 0 start too, um, I, I don't think that that's going to be possible. But I do think that they, they do have a chance to, to set this thing back up and get the NCAA tournament streak rolling. And, you know, it also depends, you know, how long does Marshall stick around. So, uh, you know, with this core, you know, they're going to have – they're set up for the next three years to be really, really, really good. So – um, you know, good. You know, special things could could be on the way, but you know, thirty-five and zero in Final Four, like you said, I mean, that's going to be tough to top. So I'll, I'll sell that as well. There's always the opportunity for a national title. So, <laughs> all right, we talked about positional flexibility somewhat before before the show, and we certainly have seen Wichita State get into more switching. We saw it late in the Oklahoma game where they would just switch off of the ball screens just to keep uh, from from having a disadvantage. So w- with that, you know, we saw that Dennis is one of those guys who can be a one through four switchable to pretty much anybody. But right now, would you say that the most versatile defender on this team is Jamarius Burton? Mm, that is a good pick. I he has uh, he has improved on defense, but man, I really like uh, the way Trey Wade def- defends. I think he can uh, switch onto point guards on those ball screens and obviously hold his own in the post. And I think he's he's pretty you know maybe not as good on the perimeter as Dexter, but I think he is in that same mold where he's just a dog that that gets after it. And uh, I mean, he can he can probably guard you know one through five. I don't know um, you know how many centers he's gonna guard just because of uh, you know WSU has so many centers at its disposal. But I think he could, and that's the lineup I really really want to see from WSU more is you know small ball play Trey Wade at, at five. Uh, you can move JB at four and then play three of those guards. You know, Sherfield, Etienne, Eric Stevenson, and I think that would be a lot of fun to watch. Call that the NASCAR lineup or something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go Wade though. What do you think, Dustin? I was I was going to go Wade as well, but I will say the defense of Burton this year has made the the loss of Dexter or, or the you know lack of production from Dexter up to this point less noticeable. I, I really think he has stepped up his game and been one of those guys. He might not be able to go all the way up to the four uh, like Dexter does, but has done a real good job. All right, and so now we're going to get into the late game scenario. Wichita State has to have a bucket. Marshall uses the timeout. Who do you draw up a play for on this team? I think it's Tyson Etienne, and it's not really close right now. He seems to have that sharpshooter mentality. I, I know he's still a freshman, but uh, I've been really impressed with his play, and and uh, it just seems it's the most natural-looking shot out of all of them, at least from my very uneducated eye. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. I mean Etienne, he's a he's you know he's a sharpshooter. I mean that dude is can just flat out shoot forty-seven percent from three. But I think in late game situations, you know, teams are going to switch everything on the perimeter. It's going to be really hard to, to get him an open look from three. So, you know, who's creating the best right now? Grant Sherfield. You know, that guy is just, uh, he is really, really impressive for a true freshman. Just always looks like he's in control, never really sped up. 
and you know that's that's he's kind of the new Samaje. Uh, if you want to make the comparison from last year, I think he's the guy that that can create his shot the best on this team. And um, you know that's that's a lot a lot of pressure to put in a true freshman's hand. But you know you're doing it with Etienne, so I'm gonna do it with Sherfield. I think uh, those those two are, are great uh, go-to options down the stretch. Well, it has been a great close to 2019. We'll be back with a AAC preview show, working on some great guests here over the next couple weeks. Obviously, the big home matchup with Memphis a week from this Thursday, and we'll get you ready for the rest of the AAC schedule as well. Continue to tell your fellow Shocker friends about the podcast, and uh, please remember to rate us five stars. <laughs>